am pretty exhausted today and that's completely okay. <laughs> I did not get the best sleep last night. I just didn't get to bed early enough. And then this morning, I had to uh, get up a little earlier than 7.30 to make it to my virtual appointment to talk to my therapist. And then uh, as the day has worn on here, I still have not really recovered from not getting that great sleep. Whether that's due to the IV steroids that I wrapped up in the hospital about, I think that was about three weeks ago now, the steroids tend to give me insomnia, or just the natural course of things um, due to the encephalitis itself, I'm not sure. But it occurred to me that the way that I may be presenting myself in recovery currently, like in these podcast episodes and my uh, social media activity, while it is an accurate reflection of how I'm doing, it's also only a certain snapshot in time, like when I post. There are still challenges through the day, and I don't want to make it seem like Recovering from encephalitis is all just sunshine and roses once you finally get your treatment. Um, in my case, I definitely am very responsive to immunotherapy, thank goodness. So I think my course of recovery probably looks quite a bit quicker than the average person recovering from encephalitis. Where doctors say, oh, easily, it can take on the order of months, if not years, for your brain to really heal back up. And even then, you might not reach back to the full capacity that you used to be at. So don't be discouraged if you're listening to this thinking, I still feel like crap, why am I not recovering so quickly after being out of the hospital? Everyone's course of recovery is different, I cannot impress that upon you enough, and it most likely will not be linear, a linear upwards path, uh, gently sloping upwards towards recovery. You may have some ups and downs. One of the reassuring things that my psychiatrist back in 2019 when I recovered from encephalitis the first time told me is that don't be surprised while if you're in this recovery phase and the inflammation is dampening but it's still kind of bouncing around a bit and you're steadily regaining your sensibilities, don't be surprised if you feel an increase in anxiety as you become more keenly aware of your deficits and come to terms with the whole experience and realize uh, the additional healing that is left to go. And I do have my tough moments, and I am not just suddenly back to normal despite me proclaiming in yesterday's podcast like, oh, I'm so excited to finally get my Q test done because my cognition is so much better. Um, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I break down my symptoms into cognitive, which is hands down being the absolute worst. Um, it's felt like a sort of dementia, uh, mood and energy. And all of those definitely are on the up and up. But by no means am I suddenly back to baseline and there are kind of day-to-day -day moments where I have noticed more emotional dysregulation in terms of like overreacting to situations than what I might otherwise expect of myself. And then given my personal history of having various fluctuations through the past six years, most of which were while I was undiagnosed, um, whenever I catch myself in a bad moment, it's easy for me to start spiraling down and wonder, oh no, is something not going right right now? Is the therapy like not effective? And I have to catch myself because I know it's just this sort of catastrophizing anxious mentality and that I did just get heavy duty medication. It is going to take time for my immune system to correct itself. And uh, just believe that things are going to continue upwards and that these many daily fluctuations, they are to be expected. As I mentioned earlier, I am seeing a therapist as well, 
We meet roughly weekly uh, through telehealth visits, and I'm so glad to have her on my care team. She's really wonderful, she's a great listener, and sometimes I just hold a lot of things internally and need to get them out somewhere. And so to have that allotted time and space to be seen and heard by a dedicated professional and to be able to get that catharsis without feeling like I'm burdening someone close to me who's just going to worry about me. Not that they make me feel like I'm a burden, but just I don't like worrying other people is quite healthy. It's so easy to forget about tending to your mental health, but like dealing with an illness like encephalitis or any sort of illness that radically disrupts your life, that's a pretty big deal. You may feel like the world, friends, family maybe, are just moving on with their life and expect you to pick yourself up and do the same. However, encephalitis is a radically life-changing event that can psychologically mess with you. <laughs> So it's important to take care of your mental health and ensure that you have people around you who are supportive as you take the time you need to heal both physically and psychologically. Those are the things concerning recovery that come to mind for me about three weeks out from being discharged from the hospital and recovering from a relapse. Thank you so much to everyone who has joined me for this 22 daily podcast challenge which ends in three days on World Encephalitis Day on February 22nd.